Welcome to the weekly podcast, Stand Strong. I'm Paul White. And I'm Noah Dieselkamp. Together, we look to God's Word to find energy and encouragement to fuel our faith. When our trust in Jesus is firm, we'll be amazed what God can do and accomplish in our lives. So let's turn to the wisdom in God's Word, a true and trusted source that is going to help us stand strong. Let's dig in. Well, Noah, it's good to be back in the studio with you today uh, as we're considering the character of God uh, dealing with a very deep subject, as we said, because we're talking about deity. And we've dealt with various aspects of God. We're just coming off the heels of a discussion about His faithfulness. That is, He's 100% reliable 100% of the time. He never falters, never fails. He always keeps His promise. How encouraging that is to know that, but even more so, uh, how stimulated we ought to be in mind, judgment, and even pursuit in life to know that God is someone that will always do what He has promised He will do. We're going to talk today about holiness. And again, that's a subject that there's just, there's in 30 minutes, you just really can't <laughs> deal with everything. But yeah. there's a, there is enough in this that we can talk about that at least gets us the thinking and kind of encourages us to continue to stand strong. I want to just kind of, in the beginning, deal with uh, a very simple way of trying to communicate what is somewhat complex. But when you're talking about holiness as it's applied to God, several things there. It speaks of His separation from all creation. I I think about one of the songs that I've grown up singing uh, that has the words, there is none like Him, none can compare. No God is equal, no prince is heir. And that is so true. But connecting that to the fact that we find in Scripture, that there's nothing common when you talk about God. Yeah. And in fact, when, when we're mentioning God being holy or He's described by the word holy, I, I did not realize this until several years ago when I was doing a study on the character of God, that God's described by the word holy more than any other. Rather than His mighty name or His wise name, the most often in Scripture is His holy name. I mean, occasionally we'll read about His great name, but most of all, it's referenced as His holy name. So we're not just talking about God being transcendent or uh, so supreme over all creation, but His supremacy, His, His majesty. When you talk about His glory being so awesome, that's the case because, again, He is holy. And then you talk about His character. We're told be holy for I am holy. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about God, you're, you're talking about a perfect being. I mean, the ethical spotlessness of his character. Uh, and we'll come back to that as it, as it pertains to us and, and that charge to us to be holy. But to just start with God, when you think about him being holy, uh, there is none like God. There is no God his equal. He is separate from everyone else above all else. That concept is difficult for us. I think a lot of times we think of holiness as an abstract almost. You know, it's a kind of a non-concrete idea. But when we talk about God as being holy, that is a concrete feature of who He is. That's difficult for us to understand. And I think the reason for that is what you've laid out already is that it's because it transcends our physical experience. 
we can look around at ourselves and the people that surround us and we don't find holiness, not in the sense that God is holy. One of the passages that comes to mind for me is 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, where John writes that God is light and in him there is no darkness. That purity of God is something we have trouble comprehending and we see as an abstract because we look around and we can't find it anywhere. Right. That's what makes him so superior. Java has purity, and we'll come back to that again. I keep referencing songs. I, I love the song. We sing it, holy, holy, holy. Mm-hmm. But in that song, we declare about God perfect in power, love, and purity. Yeah. Well, the perfect in purity is what you referenced there by John. He is light. But when you think about perfect in power, perfect in love, perfect in every way and in every regard, there's a passage in Exodus. It's Exodus 15, verse 11. The question is asked, who is like you among the gods? Little g, O Lord, who is like you? And listen to this language, majestic in holiness. Mm-hmm. You got awesome in praises, working wonders, but majestic in holiness. That, yeah. that just gives us one side of God and what makes him so superior. Again, we're surrounded by people that treat deity in such a common way. And I don't want this. We agreed that we weren't going to turn this podcast into going after everybody else. We, we want to look at ourselves. We want to be fair with regards to ourselves. I have to be careful Yeah, that I don't view God in a way that's common because that can affect my speech. Yeah. That can affect my the way I respond to the Word and how I respond to Him. Yeah. So again, circling back to the fact that God is holy. His name is holy. Everything about him is so superior and majestic and awesome. And when you're talking about deity, again, there is none like our God. Right. You already mentioned the the first Peter passage, which is also the Leviticus 19 passage, the be holy for I am holy. Mm -hmm. But that is one consequence of God's holiness. The other is that we ought to treat him as holy. We are to be holy because he has called us to be holy, but we ought to be treating him with the reverence and the respect that his holiness calls for. You mentioned speech specifically. I just want to comment one thing on that. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so the, when, when we talk about reverence for God, how we speak about him helps us see what is in our heart in regards to him. Sometimes we get hung up on the speech side of things. That's not really the problem. The problem is what that betrays about our hearts in regards to him. And so one thing that right off the bat we should see from God's holiness is we need to make sure that we and our hearts are giving him the reverence and the respect that he deserves. So that's that's a good transition into the the so what side of this podcast. And that is as a result of knowing what we know, being made aware of what we are with regards to God being holy. You know, there's again a passage, be holy, that's the old King James version, for I am holy. You know, when you talked about God being light, in him is no darkness at all, First John 1. And Peter telling us about the kind of manner of life, the way that we think that affects the way that we live as it connects it to our holiness. Yes, the, the side of holiness as it relates to us is separateness from sin. 
but also consecration to God. It's having the kind of heart that says, I'm going to be committed. Instead of letting sin be my master and being ruled by sin, I'm going to be ruled by my God. So I'm committed to serving God, to being loyal to Him and serving His purposes. So when you talk about God being holy, you do need to kind of steer it in a direction. Okay, so how does a knowledge of that, a knowledge of the Holy One, how does a knowledge of that change the way I think, change the way I live, change the way I see God, and then how I see myself and see others. So let's talk a little bit about that. You said just a moment ago that we are sanctified for a purpose, and that is such an important distinction. We are set apart from sin and evil, but we are also set apart for a purpose. And if we miss that, then we've we've missed one of the biggest opportunities that God has given us to learn from His holiness. We've already said this multiple times. We could be here endlessly if we were trying to make every application that we could about how God's holiness should affect our everyday actions. One of the first things that pops into my head, I'll just share, is from 1 Corinthians 6, when Paul writes about us being temples of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, we can look at the grand scheme of Scripture going all the way back to the garden, and we can see that God does not dwell in the presence of sin. And if we're going to be temples of His Holy Spirit, then we have to be holy. And in 1 Corinthians 6, he uses some very specific examples about sexual immorality and those kinds of things. But what that really comes down to, the basic idea is our conduct matters because we are, in some sense, the dwelling place of God. Yeah, that, that's what I, one of the things I think uh, we miss, Noah, is the inability to be honest about ourselves because of, at times, my unwillingness to see God for who He really is. Yeah. Uh, a couple of passages, you know, they're both Old Testament, but there's so many principles in the Old Testament that God gives us to help us get to see a, a clearer picture of, of himself, the Isaiah 57 and verse 15. I, I like this passage, Isaiah 57, for verse 15. For thus says the high and exalted one, that's who we're talking about, who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell on a high and holy place with those who have a contrite and lowly spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. God through Isaiah is doing two things in that passage. He's telling us something about the holiness of God, his character, his name is holy. Yeah. And then he's now connecting that to the kind of people he says, with whom I will have fellowship. To understand that a holy God chose me, yeah. a holy God provided redemption for me. Yeah. A holy God is willing to forgive me, be merciful and gracious. He's talking about people who are contrite. People who are humble. Yeah. And then one other passage that's going to take us back in the direction of how we should live. You know, Isaiah, the vision, and and I still, I still have some questions about everything that Isaiah saw in Isaiah 6. You know, but you you, you see the, the year of King Isaiah when he died, and Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, lofted and lofty and exalted high and lifted up the train of his robe, filling the temple. You've got the seraphim there and what Isaiah saw. But in verse 3, this holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. 
I mean, John tells us, that's for another discussion, John tells us that what Isaiah saw was the glory of Christ. Right. But when you're talking about deity being described as holy, 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 again, the triune God there, Isaiah was moved to see himself in a very humble, clear way. I am ruined. I am undone. Yeah. As a result of being made aware of the majestic holiness of this transcendent God. And then as a result of Isaiah seeing himself in a clearer way, then Isaiah was motivated to say, well, here I am, Lord, send me. Yeah. So I guess the point I'm making in this discussion is talking about God being holy and understanding that about his nature puts us in in a better position and place to see ourselves and to see our sin the way God wants us to. Absolutely. That's the starting point, right? That the humility that has to come with that, the humbling that we have to endure to be able to see our sin in that way, to not try to cover it up with pride, not try to blame shift or shuffle it off to the side, but to see our sin as God sees our sin, that requires us to be humbled by something. And I love that picture that you you pulled out from Isaiah there, as far as you know, I am undone when you see the holiness of God. And that helps us understand that the call to be holy, be holy for I am holy, is not simply restricted to our morals and ethics, but to our whole posture of our heart, if you want to use that phrase. And it begins with humility. We can be morally and ethically spotless per se, and yet not holy because we haven't begun with the heart. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would, in a good way, challenge that we can be ethical and spotless. I mean, we can, <laughs> we can try, uh, yeah. but we're not going to. That's, that's why I use the air quotes, which you can't see. You on can't the, see air quotes on, on the, the podcast. podcast. Yep. But yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. I mean, in the presence of such absolute holiness... Again, Isaiah became very conscious of his own uncleanness. The purest of pure. Yeah. You take the the holiest, purest person you can think of, and still God is light. In him is no darkness at all. And for God to say, I wanted to, and I will have fellowship with you. But again, he calls us to be holy people. So we don't get a pass. I can't look at that and say, oh, well, you know, we all sin. I'm going to sin. You're going to sin. God's looking for a kind of people who understand that there is to be a distinctiveness in how we think and how we live. There's supposed to be something different about how we treat other people. And again, what calls us to seek or to strive to be holy? An understanding of God. That goes back to the very beginning, I I have a tendency to like pointing to creation in the garden. I, I have an affinity for doing that, but God intended to dwell with us. He intended to dwell with us, and it was our lack of holiness, our lack of separation from sin that broke that. What should impact us is here is this holy God who wants to dwell with us, He created us to dwell with Him, and that should impress upon us the importance of not only our reverence toward Him and the posture of our heart, but also 
the change of character and the change of conduct in order to reflect His holiness. There's a Hebrew passage. We just want to exhort, exhort ourselves and exhort others who are listening today in a positive way. You know that Hebrews passage in Hebrews 12 and verse 14, uh, pursue peace with all people and holiness. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've preached a lot in the last few years about the pursuit of peace. Boy, do we need to hear that today. But it's also a pursuit of holiness. And the Hebrew writer doesn't, and we shouldn't separate the two, a pursuit of peace and a pursuit of holiness. And again, God expects in His people holiness. And so what does a pursuit of holiness look like? Well, I'm to try to avoid sin. So I don't want to see how close to sin I can get without sinning. You know, I don't want to right. play, play fast and loose with God. I'm seeking to live an upright life. And again, I'm thankful we'll talk about grace and we'll talk about mercy at another time on this podcast. And boy, I'm thankful for that. But we're also told to give thanks to God for His holy name. And when you reference God's holiness, again, separation from sin, but let's spend a little bit of time uh, or the rest of the time we have on this, which is not much, the dedication to God. Mm -hmm. So again, as I said, it's not just avoiding sin, cleansing ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Love that 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 1 passage. But let's talk about this consecration or this devotion and dedication to God to serve His purposes. The dedication, the devotion to God, it, it's a submission of myself to serve God's purposes. So I guess what I'm trying, I'm wanting, wanting myself and, and others to think about is a conscious decision to avoid doing wrong is not the full picture of living a holy life. When I choose not to do wrong, that's only a part of it. I think what helps us to avoid the wrong is a conscious choice that today I'm going to pursue you, God. Yeah. So what is that pursuit of God? Because you are holy and there is none like you. Today, God, I choose to pursue you. So a pursuit of God is the pursuit of His purposes. So how today can I honor God? Well, if you're a married man, you got some answers to that question. Uh, women and their husbands, women with their children, uh, all of us in relationship to others, uh, our obligation in this dark world to be a light. Not so that we draw attention to ourselves, but we draw attention to the God that we serve so that others might glorify Him the way we seek to glorify Him. So a, a pursuit of God's purposes, yeah. I think, is, is the result of a better knowledge of God. You are holy. Once you start to think in that framework, because that's really what's happening is, here, is we're taking something, we're shifting our paradigm on it. Because like I said near the beginning, I think we tend to think of holiness as a very abstract concept. Because we can't look around and see it, holiness belongs to God. But it's not an abstract concept. It is concrete. And if we can shift our paradigm to understand that, then the applications become endless. When we, like you said a moment ago, when we shift it to be a pursuit of God, something that I had written down in a previous study of holiness is that God's call to holiness in some part of it is to deepen, it's a call to deepen our relationship with Him. Because we're pursuing Him. We're trying to be more like Him. We're trying to imitate Him more closely and submit ourselves to Him more completely. 
True, I like that. I like that. Well, thank you. Say that again. His call is a whole his call to holiness is a call to deepen our relationship with him, to imitate him more closely, and to submit to him more completely. Okay, that that that's that's the idea of being dedicated or consecrated, devoted to to him and his purposes. Right. And once we can make that shift, like you said a moment ago, the applications are endless. You you gave the the applications that just pop into your mind when you think, well, if, am I a father? Am I a husband? Am I a mother? Am I a wife? You can think of it just as you go throughout the day. When I wake up in the morning, think of the first thing I do when my feet hit the floor. What's the first uh, conversation I have with my wife? What's the first thing that I prepare my mind for? What's the first book, phone, device that I look at? And what do I use it for? Does that fall in line with the idea of pursuing God in his holiness? This is discussion. And, and look, it's fair. It's a fair discussion to have. It may not be comfortable. But look, if it's in the Word, uh, we need to give, we should give it an honest consideration you know, I grew up hearing uh, sermons from Leviticus 10, you know, Nadab and Abihu. That context clearly tells us that what they offered to God, what made it wrong was, was they were offering to God what was not commanded. But there is a passage in Leviticus 10 that should not, should not get overlooked. Verse 3, and this is what Moses says to Aaron, but this was what the Lord had said. Leviticus 10 and verse 3, Among those who are near me, I must be regarded as holy. I must be regarded as holy. Somebody says, okay, yeah, I get that. What's the why? Well, because he is holy. Right. And, and there were two men who should not have forgotten that. And if they, Nadab and Abihu, could forget that about God, so can I. Yeah. Uh, so can we. And what God is telling us about himself in Leviticus chapter 10 is, I am to be sanctified. One trans, I am to be regarded as holy. So you don't treat God as some common being, and, and you don't treat his word as something that you would treat like other literature out there. I mean, I've told people before, God has never revealed anything to us about himself expecting for it to be ignored <laughs> or, or minimized. When God tells me something to do, he means just that. So beyond the obvious in Leviticus 10, how that should impact our worship, just let it go to the heart in our everyday choices in living. Yeah. God's reminding us something. I am to be regarded as holy because I am holy. So how do I see him? That's back to Isaiah. How do I see myself? How do I see other people? How do I see God's revelation in his word? And how do I see his son? Yeah. He has revealed himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ, who is also referred to as holy. Anytime that we talk about holiness, it ought to humble us. If there's if there's any emotion or feeling that we ought to feel when we come into the presence of the Holy One, I am undone. Going right. back to that Isaiah passage, it ought to make us uncomfortable. It ought to make us humble. It should encourage us. Otherwise, you know, the Psalm 30, sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. Yeah. I mean, when we sing, when we praise, when we pray, we're giving thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. That's an encouraging thing to know. God is for us. 
God is on our side, mm-hmm. but we cannot see him or ever treat him as common. The fact that he is holy is what makes it worthwhile that he is on our side. Imagine if if God was not holy. That It's hard to imagine because it's impossible for him in his very nature. But if he was not holy, he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be worthy of worship. He wouldn't be worthy of service. He wouldn't be worthy of dedicating our lives to. And so it ought to encourage us when we consider his holiness that that is part of what gives our service to him meaning. Yeah, I agree. Well, Noah, you have uh, you had one you were thinking about, and I think you wanted us to talk about that uh, next time. So uh, what is that one about God, the uh, character or attribute about God you want us to look at next time? Yeah, so I think the next uh, episode, we're going to spend time looking at God's mercy, his characteristic of being merciful. And that connects in a lot of ways to our previous discussion about faithfulness. And we even talked about uh, in last episode where in James chapter 5, James connects those ideas that you can look at God and you can see that his plans and his purposes are compassionate and merciful. It's going to be worth our time to expand that and to dive a little deeper into the idea of mercy Because that's the focus that we are trying to have in this podcast is to look at these characteristics of God and ask the question, okay, what does that mean for me right now? Because the better we get to know God, the the stronger we can stand with God. That's it. That's a way to end. The better we get to know God, the stronger will be our stand. So we encourage all who are listening today. Thank you for listening today. Continue to stand strong. Remember, you can because God will. Thanks for joining us in God's Word today. We hope you'll continue to join us each week as we consider how to deepen our faith in God. Here's some good news today and even this week. With God as our foundation, we know that we can stand strong.